Welcome to a special Eviction Night episode recap of the Bitter Jury Podcast. Actually, it's a double featured uh, recap episode. We're going to be recapping both the Wednesday and Thursday night episodes of week one of Big Brother season 25. And joining me to break down all of the action from this crazy first week of Big Brother is my co-host, my sister, and someone whose name I got wrong last week. She's no longer Sarah Westoff. She's now Sarah Flights. But Sarah, welcome back to the Bitter Jury podcast. Uh, it's been a i don't have an adjective for the last 48 hours of big brother crazy disturbing sometimes emotional uh that's not really how i feel i'm sure that's how the house guests are feeling but we it's been it's been a rocky start to the season uh how are you doing now that we've uh, seen the first week play out well it's been wild up until about 24 36 hours ago when the feeds cut off for us but for good reason at that um and yeah looking forward to really seeing where everything falls this week because um with the alliance with the house being so split it'll be interesting to see how everyone scatters Absolutely. And uh, you were right on the money with that. It has been a wild uh, few couple of days until the last 24 hours. I mean, I I think the uh, they were doing the um, the stock watch last night on the Rob has a podcast network and the uh, audience rated the live feeds like a nine point four out of ten this week, which set a record for the highest rated live feeds in the history of the stock watch, which goes back like I think 10 years now. So uh, if that's any indication of how crazy the feeds have been, uh, I'll just say that like what makes the show is like 5% of what's actually happening. It's insane. I mean, Izzy's barely even a storyline on the show and she's the most captivating figure in this house. Uh, she's basically running BB Twitter right now with all the memes about her. So <laughs> we've got plenty to break down. Um, we're going to do just a little bit of um, live stream updates just on some back uh, background information for what's happened this week. We won't get in any spoilers. I don't think we even have any spoilers uh, for those. We'll be back tomorrow night. Hopefully we'll break down who won tonight's HOH, uh, how the week is lining up, uh, how the alliances are shaking out, all the details you want to know ahead of time before the uh, next episode on Sunday. But Sarah and I will be doing that tomorrow night. But let's jump right into it. So a uh, couple of episodes now in a row, uh, last night and tonight. We'll start with last night's episode. Uh, we Last night's episode, I think really the main feature of it was the formation of the Handful Alliance. That alliance is basically the members uh, of the house staying in the scary room. So that's Cameron, Jag, uh, Riley, Blue, and... Help me out with the fifth one because I'm doing this all off the top of my head. Corey, no, 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 no. Corey, Corey Jag, and America. In. Oh, Matt, Matt. Right. So, uh, Riley, Jag, Blue, Matt, and Cameron. Um, and then on top of that, uh, after they formed that five-person alliance, uh, there's been a bit of an onion structure actually that came together. So, uh, let me even jump a step, a half step back before that. There was a formation of a final two between Jag and Riley, which was the most obvious duo I've seen in a while. Like they've been basically attached to the hip the entire time. So uh, they made it official, but everyone in the house basically knows they have a final two. And then um, so that's like the core of this Onion Alliance. Uh, the handful is the middle of it. And then the outer is they're calling it 
the family style. Um, and that's where they added in Corey, Jared and America. Um, what are your thoughts on this Alliance? Uh, do you like the players in it? Do you think they fit well together? Um, do you think it was well f- planned out and do you think it has longevity? Um, no, I don't think it has longevity. Um, I think if it ends up having longevity, it will be just because they're winning competition after competition. Um, but I just see the foundation of this crumbling before us already. Um, and they haven't even, um, they haven't even really, it's just hard to explain, but I feel like there was no strategic thinking behind creating this alliance. It was more so if you're there, you know, if you've been around, if you've been coming up and chilling and hanging out in the HOH room, then you're in the alliance. Um, but I don't think there was too much strategic thought behind, you know, we should get different people, eyes and ears around the house, different people that have, um, you know, that are better at comps in different ways. Some people are better at endurance. Some are better at um, question and answer. Um, And we've seen in previous seasons, people really sit down and, and kind of talk about, um people that would benefit their alliance and i just feel like this all just came together like a a young millennial scramble and <laughs> well I, who's the head of this alliance at least for this week i think that may explain why it's come together in this way that would be riley the hoh who when you and i discussed on last week's live feed update uh, we described her as being kind of like a yes woman. Like if you came up and talked to her, then you were in her alliance. And so the people who came up and talked to her, it seemed were the people kind of in her same age bracket who had similar interests. So we saw obviously the her and Jag, but Jag and Blue and America, they're all same age demographic, you know, mid early 20s. Um, Matt as well. Uh, most of them are uh, decently athletic or at least in good shape. You know, they're the pretty people as Charles would explain. Right. Um, and then even like the supplemental people they brought in, uh, America, Jared and Corey, like they're also the young and pretty people and athletic people. And so I don't think this is that different of an alliance than what we normally see. Like first thing that comes to mind is undeniable or uh, great a grateful remember that from 22 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it's all the young people and on the outside are the weirdos and the old people cliffs and the nicoles and, and whatnot mm-hmm. um but the, the difference this year i think there's two differences or maybe even more than that but a uh, big difference is the fact that uh Suri fields is in the house and so even though she's on the older side of the house uh she brings a uh, a large amount of knowledge of how to play reality games. And, and I feel just like more competitive ambition than some of the other older people who come in, like picture, like what would Felicia be doing in the house without her? Like she'd probably just be kind of floating. Like we normally see the older players do is that float game. Um, but yeah. he's really putting pedal to the metal and 
and wheeling and dealing alliances and trying to control people a certain way to make certain moves. And so that's not something you normally see an older player playing this hard. And then the, on top of that, the fact that she's got a mole on the other side and that, with her son uh, mm-hmm. and she knows that he'll stay loyal to her, their family. And so I, I just think it's fascinating to watch. And it's something we've never seen before really is like usually that first week, a powerful big alliance, like, is unstoppable for a couple weeks. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's not the long-term thing that gets someone to the end, but if you get in that big alliance at first, like you're usually safe for a few weeks. And we've basically seen, and now I'm getting into some live stream stuff because this wasn't really on the episode, but we've basically seen the formation of this alliance and it almost crumbled to pieces in like three days. Mm-hmm. And with the HOH still being in their reign before she even leaves that room, that it's almost crumbled and she's like she's the one that's freaking out and she's the one in the seat of power and it's crazy to see something like that new to the game and i just think uh the the scenario of Sari being here and her son having a mole on that side it's just creating some fascinating dynamics in this house yeah i just don't know in what world i would not include Sari in an alliance that i was forming Knowing that she is the survivor royalty that she is, it would almost just seem like second nature to make sure that she's it's like it's basically like if Janelle was in the house, would you would you not ask Janelle to be in your large alliance? I mean, that just sounds like a pretty stupid move. And so I think they really screwed themselves on that. Uh, for sure, because Sari isn't afraid to um, draw blood. I think Charles and I even talked about this. Even if you're like in my shoes, like I had honestly never heard of Sari Fields until one week ago. I had no idea who she was. I'm not a Survivor fan at all. And so even though I'm in the BB universe, she never crossed you know my path with watching any of the stuff, like the crossovers and whatnot. So even if I had been in the house and had no clue who she was, the first instant I hear that she's been, been on Survivor before, even if I just thought she'd been on one time, like I already want her on my team as an mm-hmm. asset, even though she's older because of the knowledge of how to play a reality, you know, elimination game. Um, and then just the fact that she's played more than once, uh, they don't invite you back to play another season if you don't either do a good job or are entertaining. So mm-hmm. uh I, that's it. You, it's just dumbfounding to see that the first alliance of the season, they could have gone any direction they wanted to, and they brought in Cameron instead of Suri. I, I may bring this up a few times, but I'm really just not liking Cameron. Uh, he is kind of being you a know, creep in the house. I, <laughs> the whole you know, thing I was laughing. I wasn't going to get into that tonight, but you, you, you take it if you want to. <laughs> that was a little bait for you if you want to take it. Um. I was laughing because um, what's that brand? The Southern 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 Tide. N- the um, uh, there's like a there's like a prep brand Southern something. Southern Tide. Okay, Southern Tide. Um, Dalton so was a, uh, ambassador for them in college. It's definitely Southern Tide. Yeah. So so. When Cameron walked into this house, it looked like he had walked out of a forest somewhere, you know, 
and he was wild and his hair was wild and you know i was laughing when i saw him at eviction tonight and he looked like he had walked out of a southern tide magazine (laughs) um i just wasn't sure how we got from here to here in the span of time that we got to it how about the two intermediate steps on wednesday's episode (laughs) he had mickey mouse pigtails and on tonight's like recap portions of the episode i'm stealing this joke from from twitter i saw it somewhere but honestly looked like charles manson with the straight blown back hair straightened (laughs) and like poofed like with the beard and everything put a side by side he looks just like charles manson oh so (laughs) i i i just i i could not get over the style difference with his hair pulled back and it was just you know he's really um he's really taken to his peers that's for sure yeah well um we'll save most of the uh the background there for a live uh live stream update. Uh, I don't have the patience to get into the whole him and Riley saga. And he's already basically jumped ship on the handful and switched alliances and trying to get other people to switch with him. So it's a bunch of chaos, but um, we'll see that in upcoming weeks. There's so much more to get into tonight. So uh, let's move on. Um, We'll kind of go in tandem. I don't really need to keep it to one episode or the other in chronological order. Let's just talk about the other side of the house. Um, So because the handful was so not secretive with their formation, they've basically only been hanging out with themselves. They like make it very obvious who they trust, who they're talking to. And we saw in Wednesday, Wednesday night's episode, uh, Felicia, uh, like called them out, like saw them all hanging out together. It was like, I've got my eyes on you. And then we saw the, uh, culmination of those, uh, suspicions in tonight's episode with the formation of the professors which is basically the entire other side of the house let's see if i can do this off the top of my head we'll go hissam bowie felicia sari uh mimi and red and there's and one izzy. more and izzy. izzy yes how could i forget izzy she's she's a tornado of a personality but i love her for now she's going to go up in flames at some point and it's going to be a beautiful mm-hmm. sight <laughs> um, but um so yeah so they come together and they form the professors um i actually like normal normally we don't even get a formation of the other side of the house this quickly it usually takes two or three weeks of being picked on picked off one by one to for the, for the other side of the house to realize that there's a big alliance and that they need to band together so we are already light years ahead for the uh, older alliance in the house. They, they, they've clocked what's going on. They've created a defense for themselves and they've actually started recruiting some of the members of the other side of the house. Well, I'm sure we'll see that on Sunday's episode. Um, so given all that information, yeah, they're obviously not as athletic though. So they could struggle in the physical competitions. Although if you saw Hassan tonight, he looked like the bionic man, just like, muscles popping out of every portion of his body insane so i throw it to you sarah uh give me your reaction to the professors and how do you think they stack up against uh the the family style alliance um 
again, I just I don't see um, enough longevity in it right now. I haven't seen anyone come together for a true cause yet. It feels like people are just falling into alliances with each other. But that never makes it far. And so I just I just I think they've got a good variety in their group. Um, Hassam is also a great comp beast. Sari is very smart um, and a really good guide for them. So I'm not exactly sure where this will go, um, but I'm hoping to see it all kind of scramble up again this next week. Who who are you rooting for at this moment? Just like take away that we draft the teams. Uh, just when you've now seen a week of the show, who have you been drawn towards? I, I know every season when we watch, we mm. have our favorites. Do you have anyone that you are rooting for actively or are you still kind of up in the air? I'm still kind of up in the air at this moment. Um, I think that there are a lot of people that I like, like in certain things about them. Like I like, like Jag and everything that he like spoke um, about to, um, a few days ago. Um, but I think Sari is kind of an easy answer because everyone loves Sari. Um, but the only person that really kind of stands out to me right now um, is Hassam because I like his no apology personality. Like he, he, he's so mean to Corey and like, he just you doesn't like care. <laughs> no, I mean, he just doesn't care. Like I, I've been around those types of personality types before. And I just think that they're, I just think that they're kind of funny. They're just kind of funny. <laughs> it's, it's funny that you answered in this way. Because as I was forming the question in my head to ask you that, it was because I was trying to figure out how I can talk on the podcast about how much I dislike his song. <laughs> so I'm glad we got a little bit of uh, controversy here. I can't stand Hassam, and it's because of the Corey thing. Uh, for those who don't know, I think they showed it a bit on Wednesday night's episode, but uh, Hassam has a vendetta for Corey, and he will not let it go uh and it's basically off of nothing like he clocked Corey as being a bit of a uh like trying to be, be a bit like of a not tough guy's the wrong word like confident trying to be overconfident you know but it's because he it, really it, it's if you analyze it it seems like Corey's more nervous and he's just compensating and trying to like pump himself up a little bit it's kind of just innocent um but Hassam, I guess, got rubbed the wrong way the first night in something Corey said and then just has not let it go. And the number one thing I hate in a Big Brother player that makes me never want to watch the show again, but then also always keeps me coming back, is the crazy players who make up drama in their own head and then just use that as fodder to create like real-life drama. It's like we talked about Charles, uh, Richard, and I talked about this on Monday. It's like uh, when you wake up and your girlfriend had a bad dream and she rolls over and she's mad at you. You're like, I didn't do anything. Like you had a dream and she still holds it against you. 
like that's like what Hassam's doing. He like made up this horrible person in his head. He applied all of it to Corey and now he won't let it go. And people are like, Corey has come up to him multiple times and been like, and like called him straight out. Like, Hey man, it feels like you don't like me. Like, I'd love to get to know you and like super cordial with him. And Hassam gives him nothing. It just gives him the just worst answer. Just like basically grunts back and makes Corey feel awkward and is targeting Corey actively. And even when Sari is like, no, I think Corey could be an ally. Like, why don't we go move in this direction? Like Hassam always comes back to, no, I have to get Corey out. And I just like, it just bothers me to my core when to see that human nature can really spin up a whole web of lies in your own head and then actually like make that a real life drama. Over nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to watch it, but then when they finally go down in flames, I love it. It just reminds me back of like Daniel and Nicole last season. Like those those two would sit in a room and just like spin each other into fantasy worlds and then come out and treat people awful because of it, Uh, especially Taylor. And I'm just seeing just Mm -hmm. like not nearly as bad. It's not like last season. Like this is a great. Well, because I don't think it is. Does Hassam Hassam go out of his way to talk to people about it? Or is Hassam just like completely to himself? He won't. He's not talking to the he's not talking to the other side of the house. He's just talking really to his own uh, allies. But the only thing he wants to talk about is how much he hates Corey. So, well, I'll have to absorb observe that more on the feeds. The other two players that I genuinely like are um, are Jared and Matt. And there's only one right answer to this question, Sarah, and you still haven't hit it yet. <laughs> the right answer to this question is Felicia. Felicia is a national treasure and needs to be protected at all costs. Have you been watching every one of her diary room segments is gold. She makes me happy and, and entertained the entire time. She's precious. And just like falling in the hot tub on Wednesday. um, And and you, they didn't show this on the show, but that was one of four mics that have dropped in the water. Now (laughs) they now have to Velcro her, her uh, battery and mic pack to her back because she's dropped two in the toilet, one in the pool, and one in the sink. <laughs> uh, I did. I just think every word that comes out of her mouth is entertaining. I just love her to death. Um, so yes, that's the answer I was looking for. So you failed the first test of the season. Man, oh man, oh man. Um, well, but we did see. So the professors when they formed, I, I kind of like. I want to know if what you think if this is new. That upstairs area in the backyard has that is that how new is that? I know they had an upstairs last year, but like this is different. It seems like like this they can go up there and hide and have conversations at like normal volume and like crouch down so no one can know who's up there. Like I I know I probably talk too much about BB Canada on this podcast, uh, but for those who listen to this, uh, thank you for listening and to go watch BB Canada 10. It's my favorite season of all time now. Um, but a cool thing that they do is they have a giant set. And basically, if you want to have a conversation, you can just go into another room and you have complete privacy. And so there's a lot more hardcore gaming that happens because of your privacy. And so I think Big Brother US uh implemented this upstairs area it's not a huge area but it is a little private area where you can game um is that they haven't always had this right 
I know that they've always had that upstairs area, but I don't know if it's always been accessible to the house guests like it has been this season. You're right. It, Sometimes like Dr. Will was out on the balcony or something. Like Right, right. So I think it's normally accessible to production or if they do something like that. But I think that this is the first time that it's open for house guests to use. My first thought when I saw it was that is a really good hiding spot. <laughs> um, and my second thought was, why is there a bed up there? And it's like a day bed, right? You're a Florida person. Don't they have those now? Yeah, but I mean, it's you know, it made me question, like, are they going to do another split house outdoor oh. segment and they put beds out there for it this time so that they there's, weren't sleeping on the zero turf? zero chance they'll ever do that again because the wall yeller, like, derailed the game for three days last year. Oh, I don't know. It was, I, I, I don't know. I, I was just questioning. I was questioning a lot of things when I saw that secret little hidden space. I was like, is this where Kyle was going all last season? This, this secret space, you know? Um, so. You know who would like to hide in a secret space? This is my transition for you. <laughs> Izzy. Because Izzy's a wild card. And I want to talk about Izzy for a minute. Uh, we saw her on tonight's episode. This is just like. Get ready. She's going to be so entertaining. This is like a small little sample of what we're going to get. We see Riley, or sorry, Izzy go up and talk with Riley. Um, at this point, uh, the, house, the the two sides of the houses are pretty formed. But as you saw the episode, no one's really talking about it. They're all dancing around it, but like they all know. And Izzy just cuts through the bull crap. She's like, Riley, let's just stop playing this game. Like, you were on opposite sides of the house and then kind of just goes from there. And like, she does this all the time. Like I, there are so many memes on Twitter already or like short little clips that pulled from her where that she, she's got quotes. We're like day number three. She's got a quote that's going around Twitter right now where she's intense in, uh, I don't remember whose face it was Cameron or somebody. And she's like, I want to fuck them up. I want to fuck them up. And it's like, Izzy, this is day three. Where is this energy coming from? But I am so here for it. I cannot wait. Uh, I There's no way she makes it to jury. Like she's just, she's going way too hard. But I just think that, uh, you know, in a, like two, three weeks from now, uh, I hope we get an HOH with her before then because whew, that will be wild. But uh, whoa, are you, are you loving Izzy's energy or are you, uh, is it too exhausting? Um, She's a, burning flame that is going to light off and i have those flute videos i sent you <laughs> i was just thinking about the flute the flute videos the intensity the talent uh, <laughs> um there are so many things i love about her and so many things that I love about her in the same hand she can fall short with, you know, because she's such a passionate person and just like literally like bursts out of her. <laughs> she she cannot hold it in. And um, I think that's going to be her pitfall with the game. Um, I, I think she's a, a hilarious person, honestly. I mean, I'm glad that she was like, hey, Riley cut the shit, you know, <laughs> tell me, 
just tell me straight because I already know who you're working with. I already know who I'm working with. Like, I, I, I value the honesty. I do. I do value the honesty. I I'm not am sure very curious <laughs> to see how well her secret holds up with Suri and Jared. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm I just gonna say good think, transition there. I'm not sure that secret's gonna hold up too much longer. Uh, yeah, I think that we're like playing a game of Jenga, and um, <laughs> there's play. like one piece where, like, if you just pull it, like the whole Jared Suri tower is gonna fall. <laughs> that is, that and is a great way to describe it. Actually. <laughs> Thank you. And the fact that even Kirsten brought up that there was a slight mention of uh, Suri's son being brought up, I think will later get some minds going when they think back on that moment. Yeah, I think we were discussing this uh, before the season started. We were kind of gaming it out and thinking that the secret would probably come out after, you know, two, three weeks when the boredom really starts to set in and people have time to really reflect back on some of the stuff in the house. Yeah. Um, but it may not even take that long because we heard tonight, Kirsten said like just a couple hours ago, right before the live eviction that uh, Jared mentioned, you know, oh, my nickname is and whatever it is, Jay Breezy or something. And there someone was like, oh, Cerise said that one of her son's nickname uh, is nicknamed that same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, dude, like, this is the stuff I was worried about. Then when I when we had this conversation in, in the pre uh, season show, I was like, how do you game out enough stuff to talk about without like the overlapping stories that would you know be a clue that you guys actually know each other and obviously they didn't game it out enough because uh and I, I know the, the kirsten one that she said tonight about the nickname but uh i saw one on twitter yesterday apparently <laughs> uh, uh jared was talking about uh being athletic or playing football or something and how or maybe he was talking about a coach but the quote came out that his coach would always be like go get it, Jared Fields. Like, yeah, go get it, Jared Fields. And someone was like, Fields? He's like, oh, yeah, that's what my uh, coach calls yards. He's a weird coach. He Instead of saying, like, go get those yards, he'd be like, go get those fields. He's a weird guy. And, like, played it off that way. It's like, okay, if you're if you're Corey and you hear that and you hear the nickname thing and then you start to look at him and you're like, that's just, like, the same face, just two different genders. <laughs> um Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they I think, look dead up and I think I think that's why Jared's been wearing that bandana around his head. You think that's because, it? Yeah. By the way, that's I, the bandana on our first episode. I was talking about. Why does he keep wearing it like that? You that actually no. That's a good thing. I, I thought about it. I think that's why he's doing it because people are focusing more on the bandana than they are his face. Interesting. You'll have to ask him that when we do the postseason interview. <laughs> I will. I will. Or maybe he just likes it. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been saving uh, the big stuff for last year. There's two players we haven't talked about. Two players not in these big alliances, and they really take up the the bulk of tonight's eviction episode. Uh, that would be Luke and Kirsten. Tonight we saw Luke get ejected from the house um, for violating the rules of Big Brother uh, and using a racial slur. Um, This was an incident that happened on Tuesday night. Um, So us on the live feed were aware of it. Uh, 
the live feed stayed on through Wednesday morning till about 10, 11 a.m. Eastern and then shut off and still have not come back on yet. Uh, we're going on like 35 plus hours of no live feeds, which uh, for those who don't follow closely, that is very rare. Usually the most you see is, you know, four or five hours for a long competition, but they don't ever go down outside of competitions and getting ready for uh, eviction episodes. So uh, we all knew something was up. If you follow BB Twitter, uh, Big Brother put out a statement pretty quickly. You know, it was like, the, it happened late at night. It was like, as soon as the next morning of the house guests were up, Luke was called in and he was out. So there was no lingering. There was no, I know like last season, there's a lot of drama around Kyle and, you know, the stuff around, uh, around him and back and forth and BB didn't really make a move. And this time they were just very decisive and it was more of a black and white situation. So, um, you know, I, uh, I think big brother did the right thing. Um, it's, there's just no place for that. Uh, on, on the show, it's pretty obvious that, you know, that's a word you, or should not say and the fact it's not even that just that he said it which alone is is bad um but it's then the fact that after he said it there was no being apologetic being remorseful he was almost like blame shifting onto Corey and Hassam for making him feel bad and then um I know the way Taryn framed it this morning, I'm probably stealing some of his framing, so I'll give him the credit for it, but just kind of giving Jared the social peer pressure of like, oh man, those guys were, you know, assholes about it. Like, you're going to be cool, right? And what's like, what's Jared supposed to say? Like, make it a weird, awkward moment and just like I'm in front of the entire world on live television. Like, I, I don't blame Jared for kind of playing it off in the moment and like, giving himself time to collect his thoughts afterwards and say in the diary room what he really meant. Um, but I just, man, I'd love to have a big brother season without a big racial reckoning in it, but I guess we just aren't ready for that yet. Um, just give me your initial reaction to the entire situation. Um, do you think big brother handled it the right way? And just, how do you feel about it? Um, well, first off, for Luke to say that a comment like that just slipped out, um, nothing like that slips out unless it's in like your casual daily language. That word would never just like slip out of my mouth. I, you know what I'm saying? Um, so unless it's used on on a regular to semi-regular basis, there's there's no reason there would be no, that would never slip. So obviously there's something there that needs to be worked on as a root. Um, obviously there's still some work needs that needs to be done, um, especially within his own language. And just the fact that he was not apologetic in any which way or form he made everyone in the room uncomfortable and then he was laughing out of his own uncomfortability instead of taking ownership of what he had said or what he had done and immediately making it amends. I don't think that that would have changed what Big Brother 
um, chose to do um, just because they do sign contracts walking in um, saying the things that they um, will not say and they agree to that and they agree to the consequences of that. Jared spoke a little bit about that on the episode tonight, but really there's no excuse for that language to be used um, ever. And uh, yeah, I think that they handled it the best way. Um, I it, Yeah. 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 I, um, I also like and dislike uh, some of what Jared had to say on the episode. Um, I do think it was appropriate for Corey to bring it up in the family style that he did. Like all the other house guests, I, we don't know because the live feeds were shut off. So I, I'm kind of a bit blind to like who knew how much information. Um, so all we really have to go off of is what the episode showed us. It looked as if uh Jared, uh, Corey, and Hassam hadn't told anybody. Hassam said he hadn't, didn't even hear it, which is strange because I sent you the Twitter clip and you can see him in the mm-hmm. background making quite mm-hmm. a face. So um, not sure if maybe he's intentionally misremembering it or just doesn't want to get involved. But I do think it was appropriate for Corey to kind of retell what happened. You know, the other house guests deserve to know what like the this incident that caused such an abrupt change in the game um i i think that that was appropriate and not out overstepping the line as jared implied maybe Corey was doing um but then i also do i think jared framed it in a good way which was that he doesn't equate uh ignorance with malice i think was his quote uh and i i really liked that framing of that because um without completely rehashing the entire scenario the way Luke said it, it wasn't used at somebody in like a, a putting someone down. So it wasn't like directed at someone. It was used in more of a just casual language as just like an adjective at the end of the sentence. Still not appropriate, um, but I don't think it had the malice that when you first read, you know, the E! News headline or the whatever headline that's going to say, Luke Valentine ejected from the Big Brother house for using racial slur. You're you're going to open that article and expect to read that there was like a shouting match and it was used in derogatory ways. So, I do think that Jared was on it saying like, I hope that this doesn't put him in a box as a bad person and that he can still take this like it's going to be an embarrassment. Like you're going to be in the headlines for being ejected for the house, um, but I still think there's room for him to maneuver and learn from this situation um and hopefully grow from it and and just it would make the best of a bad situation i still think there's room for that there so do you think jared had those comments about Corey with the family style set up because maybe jared should have been the one to tell or maybe instead of Corey going on to just tell immediately ask if Jared would prefer to tell the group or if he'd like him to tell the group. Um, if you want to know my true thoughts, I, I, I honestly don't believe that any of that scenario even really happened. I think maybe we just saw like an editor's cut. Mm-hmm. Um, like most of that came from a diary room, which you can kind of shape the way someone answers it by the way you question them. I'm sure that there was a lot less drama there. Um, I'm sure Jared still has feelings about the whole situation, but it seemed a bit manufactured. Um, 
I don't know, like we're, we're blind. We don't have any live feeds. And so that's, mm-hmm. this is the part of Big Brother I don't like is if we don't have all the information that I'm just being told a story by some people who are editing the show. Um, and so. can you tell me why Bowie was just like sobbing during during the entire house meeting? Did you see that cut? <laughs> I did. I I mean, that house does weird things to people. I, I mean, I guess last year with Paloma was a little different because that was like a health scare. Like she was going nuts. And so when she left, one, people were much better friends with her. And so it was a little more devastating. That's the thing about Luke is like Luke was one of two people in the house with no Alliance members. He spent the first two days not playing the game at all. And then when he did start playing the game, outside of this comment, I, I don't want to like just pile on him because he got evicted or ejected from the house. But like he wasn't making good impressions the entire week. He came off a bit rough around the edges, a bit like take me as I am. I'm not going to really... Uh, you know, it's almost like uh, social awkwardness. Like, it doesn't know how to like be around other people, like, and have the mannerisms. You know, be a part of society. Like, he just wanted to be like against the grain. Uh, that's the vibe I got from him, uh, I guess. And so, uh, I, I, I guess <laughs> I didn't answer your question about Bowie. It is strange that someone had that big of an emotion for someone leaving that no one really liked. But I guess it's emotional when anyone leaves the house and when it's for such a like you know that this is going to like, I'm sure the people in the house are like, Oh, this is probably all over the news. You know what I mean? I'd be freaking out a little bit too. Like, Oh my God, what are people saying about me now? Like, did I react in the right way? Like there's a lot of things those players have on their mind. And so um, that's why at the end of every season, there's a crying montage because that house does stuff to you. So, Uh, but we can put that to bed. Um, He'll be a long gone forgotten character in like four weeks and we'll probably never bring him up again. But um there is another chapter to this episode the final chapter and that is the eviction of kirsten um i i I have like a bit of a roller coaster with kirsten she was my second pick in the draft i liked her preseason bio her preseason interviews i thought she was smart i thought she'd play the game well um she came in the house doing too much rubs people the wrong way making too many alliances and being a little playing a little too hard not even like she was early, but like everyone else started playing that hard, like six hours later, but in the big brother house, like that's still, that that'll get you. I spent all of Wednesday night's episode kind of not liking her. Like all of her diary room episodes came off as like scripted and awkward. And like, like she was trying to tell herself a lie, like, Oh, I I'll still persevere, but like, didn't believe the things she was saying kind of thing. Um, yeah just wasn't getting good vibes but then I loved her tonight like tonight she took off that fake vibe like scripted diary room and was just more real like it it wasn't like one-liners or like cliches it was just like saying what's on her mind and I really liked her in tonight's episode um and then they really they built it up as if she had a chance but like she never had a chance like there was not one moment in this house that there's ever more than three people working towards trying to save her. Like there were times where Jag was like going to Riley, like, Hey, maybe we can save her. Like this might be good. And Riley would shut it down immediately. She didn't want any more blood in her hands. And so it was never an option. So I, I producers again at work trying to create a fake storyline that, Oh, maybe it could go either way, but this was a first year thing for like five days. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, she'll be uh if she's the reason why I have to eat the hot wings, I'm going to be upset, but 
at least she uh, ended on a good note for me. What do you think about her exit from the game um, and just her gameplay in general? I think you're right. On Wednesday night, they really kind of, you know, she she had her like show voice on, I guess you could say, um, where I could tell, you know, this isn't how the real Kirsten, you know, chats or talks or, you know, on a daily basis. And then I could also tell at one point when she was in the bathroom in the mirror, she was looking in the mirror as she was talking to the cameras as well, looking back and forth. I hated and so, that part. Oh my God. I hated that. It was like she was hard. doing a diary room in the bathroom. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> it was hard to watch. Like those are the, when you do those, that's when you become the most authentic self and you just talk to the camera, but she was like doing an even bigger production than she doing, did in the diary room. <laughs> do, doing the most, doing the full show. And I think, that her inexperience in front of the camera just kind of like bleeds over into the house, into her relationships, into her being evicted tonight. So um, she seems like a really lovely person, but I just don't think that this this show was maybe the right one for her. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I agree with you there, but she'll always have Julie Chen telling her that she smelled good. So. Yeah. And I I will say, I mean, her, her whole outfit tonight, Kirsten's whole outfit. I was like, where did you get that? You know, is that Spanx? You know, I was wondering because that was cute. She she has her own swimwear brand. So all the swimsuits she wore this week, I'm sure may help her business. So she got some stuff out of the game, but uh, always sucks being the first one going home. I feel like, uh, I feel like, you live that well she didn't seem technically like she was fan. the second oh yeah you're right technically she was the second so <laughs> does that oh does that mean i get to give her a point in the scoring guide we didn't really I make would, a rule for <laughs> i would say technically because luke got scratched so he yeah, would essentially be place. the first eviction yeah all right so i'm officially ahead of charles in the standings now potentially out of the hot wings challenge <laughs> Oh, I know I'm going to end up doing that anyway. Uh, I'm not confident in my team at all. But all right, we've been going for a while. So let's wrap this on a good note. Uh, We have an HOH competition happening tonight. Uh, My context clues were that everybody in there was wearing athletic gear except for Riley. So it's going to be something. It may not be like the most athletic. They were wearing athletic gear for the balance beam. Um, But if it was a crapshoot competition, you know, rolling a ball into slots kind of thing they wouldn't be dressed like that. So um, probably not ideal scenario for Felicia, for Sari. Um, give me your guess. Who two, get, two answers here. Who do you expect to win and who do you want to win? Honestly, I just rolled my eyes when I thought about this, but I expect, I almost expect Cameron to win. Which oh I would God. just absolutely hate. You know, I would literally it, Charles Manson. He'll be trying to it, <laughs> brainwash it just, all these people. It would it, it will be a really hard week, but I feel like he has got like that scary determination where he's gonna come out with it. Um who I want to win. Oh, it's so tough because I kind of like people on both split sides right now. Um, I mean, I kind of, oh, 
Well, here, you think about it for a minute. I'll go first. Okay. About that. Uh, who do I think will win? I honestly think Hassam. Like that dude is crazy. I I think if he puts his mind to it, he can win any competition because he like he's just got that like crazy like crazy eyes. I guess you want to call them. Just like a, a fire behind his eyes. I'm just like, all right, you're, you're gonna you're gonna get it. So I, I I suspect if it's something even slightly athletic, he'll have an advantage. And then with his drive and his passion to get Corey out of the house, evil Corey. Um, I think that'll drive him home and, and give him the HOH, which makes me nervous because I, I think he is a prime candidate for HOH-itis. I think he will get the biggest head in the world. Um, and I would make for a miserable week of feeds if that happens. Um, mm. Who I want to win, I want Izzy to win because I want to see the world burn. <laughs> and I want to see... I mean, this is the week where Jared and Suri are probably going to be at it anyway with the context clues we've gotten from tonight's episode. Let's just see it all burn down in one in one beautiful week. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that last bit of yours helps solve my last answer is who do I want to win? I want Jared to win HOH. Ooh, that'd be interesting, actually. Um, Because I don't about... Who would he ten, nominate? About 10 seconds ago, I would have said... Like, it's really not in his best interest to win because he's playing both sides and he's got his, you know, ma and so everything like that. But because something was just mentioned about him um, and his mom and his nickname and all that stuff, I think that he may potentially fight for it. I would like to see a win from him, though, to really see either what side he sticks to or if he just creates something new altogether well he did say i mean this was like day two or day three but he did tell his mom like i just want to win hoh and like they all think i'm on their side i just want to win it and put all of them up and just like shock them which like not great strategy when you're playing the middle to just come out and be like nope you're all my enemies now and create seven new enemies but it would make for great television. And definitely at this point, I'm not pot committed yet to any characters on this show that I like am rooting hard for anyone to win. So right now I'm rooting for chaos. So yeah, I can get on board with the Jared HOH. Um, and I can get on board with an Izzy HOH. Um, <laughs> and worst case scenario would be Cameron. Cameron or Hassam, I think, are both uh gonna get HOH itis. I actually like not for chaos sake, but just kind of like, I want to see what they do with it. Uh, Corey, I'd like to just, he's, he's also riding the middle um, for real though. Like he doesn't have a secret ally on the other side. He's just not sure where he is. So he's kind of playing both sides. So I'd like to see him get a, get HOH and, and see where the week, you know, pushes him towards. Is he going to be more towards the professors or more towards the family style or mm-hmm. will family style even exist in, in a couple of days? That's also a possibility that it could be gone. So with that said, I think we've broken down just about everything from the first week of Big Brother. Um, anything else you want to bring up that uh, we missed on tonight's episode? There is one small thing that I wanted to bring up and it's um, um, Matt and him, um, his diary room session with production, not having his uh, 
not having what are are they showing Julie's face so that he's able to re- read her uh, lips or did you notice that I fast forwarded through the uh through the votes so so, so, so fill me in please so when Matt went in there to do his vote for eviction he did his vote for eviction and Julie said okay thank you Matt um but something wasn't right in production or something and the, he didn't hear her. So he was waiting there a while oh. before she was able to get to him to, t- to tell him um, that he could get up and, and leave. So um, it'll, I think that production has a couple things that they need to tweak for Matt specifically, especially when a lot of these competitions are voiceover competitions. I don't know how fair of an advantage that gives him. Um, Yeah, I think they really need to make sure that they set those things up for his disability uh, because we've already watched people be successful on reality television um, with deafness. Like we watched someone just recently win the circle um, who is deaf. And so I think that Big Brother production needs to make sure that they got all their all their ducks. Yeah, that's that's a great point. One I've learned that maybe I should stop fast forwarding through these episodes. I'm I there are things I'm gonna miss even that aren't on the live feeds. I think that's the second thing now in this episode I've missed. <laughs> uh, but two, that all that makes me think like, what about like Otev? That's basically you're sitting up on the top of Otev and they yell, "All right, here's the clue," and it's a verbal clue, and then you go run. And if he's playing, yeah, that's uh, they've got some work to do to make sure that uh, there's a fair. Uh, Fair way for Matt to receive the information if he can't hear it properly. So I agree. Uh, great, yeah, great point there. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. If, if we go any longer, I'm just going to talk about Izzy and yeah. Felicia. So. Cool, cool. <laughs> but uh, no, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, we're going to switch up the schedule a little this week. Uh, we got a little crazy traveling with our tennis stuff going on. So uh, we'll be back on maybe tomorrow. We'll see. Sarah and I might geek out a little tomorrow on the live feeds, tell you who the HOH is, how the alliances are going. Um, But if not, we'll definitely be back on Sunday to recap all of the week one action with Dalton and Charles. Uh, And then on Monday, Dalton, Charles, sorry, not Dalton, Charles, Richard and I will be breaking down the Sunday night episode. And then next week we'll have hopefully our first Sarah, Charles and Daniel episode. I know Charles is chomping at the bit to get at the siblings. He knows that we feel like... He's ready to debate us uh, because, uh, as I always say in this pod, if if he has one opinion, mine is probably the exact opposite. So that'll be some fun. But, Can't wait. Uh, thanks so much, Sarah, for joining us. And uh, for the, those listening, uh, thanks for hopping in tonight. And we will be back soon. 